Hey, welcome to Speak Up Sis Podcast, where we help you get through life while giving you all your life. We say what you think nobody wants to hear, but everyone needs to know. I'm your host, inspirational conversationalist and author, Angel Charmaine. Before we get into our latest episode, I'd like to thank everyone who participated in the very first Speak Up Sis podcast giveaway. We wanted to do something great for the debut of Speak Up Sis podcast on Amazon Music. So we did a cash app giveaway and the cash app prize is for $10. Yes, that's enough to get you some lunch on Speak Up Sis podcast. (laughs) All you had to do was follow us on Amazon Music and screenshot and post the pic on our Facebook page. And if you did that, you were entered into this drawing for a $10 cash app giveaway. So without further ado, that was my drum drum roll, (laughs) y'all. Our winner is... Miss Lawanda Lynn. Yay! Congratulations, Lawanda. I hope that you're listening to claim your prize. Please send us an email to contact, C-O-N-T-A-C-T, at speakupsis.com. Congratulations, Lawanda, and thank you to everyone who participated. In order to know what our next giveaway is going to be and when our next giveaway is going to be, please make sure you're following us on social media, on Facebook at Speak Up Sis Podcast, on Instagram, Speak Up Sis Podcast, and on Twitter, Speak Up Sis. And with that, let's go ahead and get into our latest episode. Can this be? people how y'all doing it's monday and i'm so excited to be back here in the speak up sis podcast space with you all once again we're still in season three voices of triumph and i chose this season uh because we're in the we're in the midst of a pandemic and racial tensions and police brutality and all sorts of things in our nation as well as in the world And instead of focusing on all the things that are terrible, I decided to give us a nice, healthy chunk of uh, victory. (laughs) That's what we all need. We need a nice, uh, healthy, heaping scoop of victory. So I have been inviting people into the Speak Up Sis podcast space to share their stories of triumph to inspire your story. Well, today is episode three. 
And you all know the number three is supposed to be like the number of like divine wholeness or completion or perfection, right? (laughs) So I decided for this third episode to share my own personal story with you all. This is a little odd because I'm not really uh, used to going too far in depth with my own story. I like giving other people space to share. Um, And so I don't really talk about my story very often. However, I did write a little bit about it in both of my books, Speak With Sheet, One Woman, Ten Truths, and When I Met Him. But actually getting on a show and sharing, this feels really weird, especially because I'm not being interviewed. No one's asking me questions. I'm just having to talk about it, which which feels a little odd. <laughs> so bear with me. So let's go. Um, I was born and raised with uh, a single mom. And um, I have two brothers who were raised with me. And I guess we would be considered, we would have been considered poor, but it didn't feel like we were poor. We grew up in a project in the city of Savannah. But I remember having a good childhood. I just didn't remember feeling impoverished you know what I'm saying my mother was beautiful and she's a she was a great mom and uh, my brothers were pretty awesome as well we just seemed to have a normal kind of life until I was about five years old can't remember the exact age but I was it was before I was six um My mother had a boyfriend and one night he came into uh, my room and uh, molested me. And with this, I also ended up with a really severe case of gonorrhea. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like who thinks about a child, a baby, um, having to deal with gonorrhea, but I did. And the crazy thing is there are bits and pieces that I can remember, like flashbacks in my brain. Um, But I believe there are lots of things that I have just maybe tucked away somewhere that I don't remember everything. Um, and I and I believe that that is a protection for me, possibly. Um, but what's wild about this is that as I was growing up, um, this incident didn't really cause me issues um, in school and, and stuff like that. I never even really thought about it, actually. The only time... It ever really affected me uh, was if I went to spend the night at someone's house, 
because of the a severe case of gonorrhea, I would have like a discharge in my panties. So it always made me feel very uncomfortable, you know, when I went to sleepovers and things like that. Um, just because somewhere deep inside, I knew that it was probably not normal or that everybody wasn't like that. So it caused me to be a bit self-conscious. But other than that, I never really thought about it um, until I got to about 13 years old. Now, prior to getting to 13, um, probably when I was about 9 or 10, my mom uh, ended up being um, on drugs for a while. And, you know, I grew up during the time when crack really hit our neighborhoods severely and really destroyed lots of families and lots of neighborhoods. And so I kind of we we moved out of Savannah into Augusta and we ended up oh goodness moving from one school to the next school to the next school we switched schools in between school years within school years um I kind of felt like I went to almost every middle school in the city um just within a three-year time span and that was probably one of the toughest parts of my life because we lived in a neighborhood where we didn't know anyone. And so we were sort of targets for bullying and just all sorts of crazy things. I learned how to fight during this time in my life because I had to. I was placed in situations where if I didn't fight, then... um I would just be beat up all the time. So here I am, this little girl who's already sort of started out with a strike against her, um, moving to this town with a mom who's on drugs, a second strike against you. Um, now, you know, whereas before I didn't feel like we were poor, but at this point in my life, I can feel the weight of poverty living in a project, not having um, all the things that you need on a regular basis, um, having those moments where there's not enough food in the house and things of that nature. Um, and just in a place where um, I'm just not a happy little girl, you know? But during this time, Something inside of me told me that education was going to be my way out. I just knew that if I could just do well in school, um, I could somehow go to college and I could get out of this, you know, place. And so I was the little girl, you know, in the projects who went to school and read all the books, <laughs> got the good grades and um, did all those things. I ended up getting accepted into a magnet school in our town. 
and I was able to stay there and actually graduate from high school. And from high school, I went on to college. But before that happened, at about age 13, um, I had a conversation with my mother. And she said something to me that I didn't know at the time. And she made me aware of the fact that I had been given gonorrhea during um, the childhood molestation. I always remember the molestation, but I didn't know that I had had gonorrhea. So I didn't find that out until I was like 13. When I found out, it totally transformed the way that I saw myself. Um, you know, when you're in middle school, they teach you all these things about sexually transmitted diseases and things of that nature. Um, and you all know how kids are and even adults and how ignorant they can be. Um, so you're the way it's taught to us is in such a negative way um, that when I thought about me and having that issue, and then it just sort of kind of put two and two together for me. Uh, and so that, that discharge that I'd had for so many years, now it makes sense to where it came from. And when I tell you all, my whole thought process just shifted. Um, I started being angry. Um, I believe that's a, probably about when I started to just be angry with my mom, angry about the situation. Um, I started to uh, have more memories, more flashbacks. Things started to just sort of connect. And by the time I was 15, um, I started having sex and that began my journey through sexual promiscuity. And um, that was a battle that I fought for many, many, many years. Because in my head, I was already tainted, broken, used, and there was nothing to save, nothing to hold on to, nothing precious. And so for me, um, at 15, you know, I just didn't feel like there was anything worth saving. So I launched out <laughs> into the world of girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, and if I had a boyfriend, I was having sex because for me, it's, I guess it was just what you did. And so whereas some young girls uh, felt taken advantage of by boys or, um, you know, we think that boys are using little girls. Well, for me, 
um, I didn't have those. I was able to just detach from it all, you know, and I lived this way for many years and I learned self-sabotaging behaviors and I began to, um, when I would get into relationships where there's a guy who actually really liked me, I would do things to just mess it up because I just didn't think that I was worthy or deserving of, um, you know, a, a good relationship because I was broken. And so I made lots of mistakes, you know, made lots of mistakes. I uh, got into all sorts of relationships. I probably, you know, <laughs> when I look back on them, I go, oh, how did that happen? Why did I do that? But I had uh, a very faulty way of thinking about myself. But I still functioned. I went to college. Uh, I did well. I became a school teacher. I even got married. I had... Uh, children built a whole life, you know, and uh, just a full life. However, even in my marriage, that was lingering. It stayed there. And I would have moments where um, I didn't even want my husband to um, touch me or anything like that. Because I'd be having these flashbacks. And that is really difficult for a man to deal with. Um, to think that his wife sees him as a perpetrator. Um, as someone, you know, who hurt her. That is difficult for a marriage to handle. You know? And it was tough for us. It was tough. And we, we ended up divorcing, not necessarily because of that. However, um, the fact that I had never properly dealt with those feelings, I had never uh, properly healed from those issues, they just caused so many other issues, <laughs> you know? And we did end up getting a divorce uh, at a point in the marriage. And after that, I just sort of kept on going with, you know, I, as soon as the marriage was over, I jumped right back into, you know, being this, you know, sexually promiscuous woman. Um, I was not that way during the marriage, never cheated or anything like that. However, when the marriage was over, I just kind of went back to what I had always done until um, I had an encounter with the Lord. Seven years later, after divorce, uh, at the time I was 40 years old, I have this experience with Holy Spirit and my current journey began. But prior to that, while I was still married, there would be times where I would uh, be really depressed and 
one time in particular, I was driving down the highway in my white Suburban and I am boohoo crying and I'm just angry and I'm sad and I'm depressed. I got all these feelings going on at one time. And I just, you know, I'm just like, I'm just not going to make it in this world. I just don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I'm just going to lose my mind. And I start to kind of fuss at God, like, <laughs> what kind of God are you? Why would you do these things? Why would you allow these things? And during that episode, I distinctly hear a voice. And I know a lot of people probably say, oh, here we go with that. But for me, I know I heard a voice say, that wasn't the plan for you, angel. That wasn't the plan. What happened to you was not my original plan for you. And listen, there's a whole conversation that takes place um, that I'm not going to go into right now. But I left that conversation with an understanding that in order for me to heal, in order for me to be better, I was going to have to help some other young women heal and get better. I was going to have to share my story with other people. And so that's what I started to do. But you know what? <laughs> it didn't fix all my problems. I started to feel a little better. I I started to feel like, okay, I'm helping people. I'm helping people. But I still hadn't really dealt with my stuff myself. So I still ended up in divorce. And seven years later, at the age of 40 years old, way across the country in a place called Vancouver, Washington, I have an experience with Holy Spirit and I get a vision for my life of exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing and who I'm going to be working with and what it all looks like on the on the, you know, grand scale of things. And let me tell y'all, I wanted that vision so badly. I wanted everything that I saw. I wanted it so badly, but there was something on the inside of me that I just knew was going to keep me from accessing that vision. I just knew that like something's wrong with you. And if you don't fix it, <laughs> you're not going to get, this is not going to happen. And so for the first time in my entire life, I reached out for help from a professional, someone who uh, I could actually talk to and help me figure out what was going on in my head. Um, and this person is actually considered a uh a relationship coach not a life coach but a relationship coach and I was like well I'm not trying to be in a relationship right now but what I learned while working with this individual is that relationships affect every aspect of your life if you are not if you don't see yourself in right perspective with um, family members, friends, co-workers, whomever, then that is going to impact every other 
aspect of your life. And so by working with this professional, um, I learned some things about me. That is when I learned that I had limiting beliefs. That is when I learned about self-sabotaging. That is, I learned a whole lot. That was the beginning of my healing journey. Let me tell y'all, <laughs> for the last three years, I have been in such a beautiful place of freedom. After years of feeling broken and uh, abused and just messed up and messy and unwanted and unloved and all sorts of things, I finally got an opportunity to actually deal with my feelings. Let me tell y'all, I spent hours crying, <laughs> crying on the phone with this person. Just, and, and a lot of times I didn't even know where the tears were coming from. Let me tell you, there was one incident. I was, I was home by myself getting ready to uh, go to work. And for whatever reason, I don't know what I thought about, but it made me start crying. And the next thing you know, I'm sobbing, like sobbing, sobbing. I'm on the floor, just boohoo crying. And so I had been going to this church and I reached out to an evangelist at the church that I felt comfortable with. And I asked her, like, I don't know why I'm crying. Like, why am I crying? I don't even feel like anything's wrong. There's nothing in my brain telling me that anything's wrong. But I'm crying and I can't stop. And she said, Angel. Well, actually, she said Shar because they, they call me Shar there. She said, Shar, just cry. She said, there's so much in your soul that you have been holding on to for years that you don't even realize that you've been holding on to. And now that you are going through this process of healing and talking through these things, um, and as God is working on you, this is a release so you're going to have to just cry. You're going to have to allow your soul to release things that you don't even realize you've been holding on to. And I thought, this is insane. You're crazy. And this is crazy. <laughs> but you know what? I said, oh, oh, okay. I hung up the phone and I literally laid out on the floor and cried for hours and then it just kind of stopped and let me tell y'all I have had so many of those moments so many of those moments until I got to a place where my soul stopped crying where I could talk about my life my journey my story and my soul did not have tears. Was it easy? No. 
I had to have some very difficult conversations. I had to have conversations with my mother. I had to have conversations with my ex-husband. Um, God rest his soul. But we had to have conversations. I had to have so many conversations. I had to deal with myself. I had to do the hard work of heart work. No amount of education helped me do it. All of the striving to get a good job and, you know, I've been overseas and, and just getting all these accolades and accomplishments, just running from this city to that city, to this town, to that town, to this mansion. None of that helped until I actually decided to get professional assistance and go through my process. Why did I share this part of my journey with you all? Because I want some woman who's listening to me or some girl who may be listening to me to know that there is life and the light and the love for yourself and forgiveness at the end of the tunnel. There's life, light, and love and forgiveness when you go through the work, when you go through the process. It's not going to kill you. You're not going to die. You are going to live. <laughs> and there is so much freedom in this place. I have learned how to embrace who I am authentically during those 40 years of just foolishness that I went through because I didn't love myself, because I didn't think that I was worthy, because I thought I was broken and tainted and all sorts of, you know, ugly and all of those other things. I tried to be so many different people. I put on so many different hats. I became, you know, Miss Wonderful for everybody that I encountered, trying to just not have to deal with me. I never became Miss Wonderful for Angel. And let me tell you, at this place in my life, at 43 years old, I have learned how to love God and love myself so that I can properly love other people. At 43 years old, I sit in a place where I am not married, but I live an abstinent life. Sex and men and being promiscuous um, are no longer a part of my story. I have finally broken free from the bondage of guilt, shame, hatred, and unforgiveness. I am finally free to just be Angel and to know that Angel has always been precious. <laughs> 
That angel has always been beautiful. That angel was fearfully and wonderfully made. I got to the other side of the tunnel, free, whole, complete, white as snow. <laughs> and now I am able to help other women travel through that tunnel to go through that process. I'm able to hold other women's hands as they go through their own journey of healing from childhood sexual abuse. I bless God that I get an opportunity to be an example of what healing looks like. There's so much more that I could share that I could add to this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep these episodes, you know, I'm relatively short and brief. Just, I just want you to know that it doesn't matter uh, how your story began. What matters is how you journey through the process. And who you become as a result of the process. And who I have become is authentically me. And I am now free from the shackles of guilt, shame, self-condemnation, bitterness, and anger. And now I sit in a place of light and love, and laughter, and freedom. And with that, I'm going to say, I will see you all next time on Speak Up Sis Podcast. Whew, y'all, I made it through. Can't believe how difficult that was to to share my story, you know, by myself without anyone else, you know, sitting and talking to me, but I did it. I kind of feel like I sat myself on the Speak Up Sis podcast couch and had therapy. <laughs> but you know what? If me sharing the words of my testimony will help another person overcome their own private storms, then guess what? I'll share it every single day if need be. And with that, I'd like to thank you all for listening today to Speak Up Sis podcast. I invite you to visit me online at speakupsis.com and subscribe to receive updates for future Speak Up Sis podcast episodes and all things Speak Up Sis and Angel Charmaine. If you'd like to read more about my journey, uh, you can Get a copy of Speak With Sheik, One Woman, Ten Truths, as well as When I Met Him. Both books can be found on speakupsis.com as well as Amazon. Thank you to uh, my generous supporters, 
You all help make it possible for me to continue to create this safe space for everyday people to share their stories, to inspire the stories of others. If you'd like to support Speak Up Sis podcast, click support in the app or visit speakupsis.com to make a one-time contribution. All contributions are welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. And I will see you all next time. And don't forget, open up your mouth and speak up.